1: Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by jenjag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. We've beaten this Jaguars and Chargers contest to death a little bit here this week. We've done an hour and a half game preview live stream. Got the Believe in Jaguars podcast with Clay Harbor where we previewed the game. We've done keys to victory. We've done key matchups. Saturday morning we'll have bold predictions and some more pregame thoughts. And then Sunday we're going to have game day morning, of course. So we're going to take a little break from Jaguars Chargers right now. We're just going to look at the Jaguars. What are their strengths and maybe some of the weaknesses that they have put on tape through the first two weeks of the 2022 NFL season as they stand out one and one. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you want to support the channel further, You can become a channel member or go check out jinjag.com, get some new Duval gear. We've got links in the description below. We'll start with the strengths here. And these are strengths based on what I've seen on tape through the first two weeks that the Jaguars have been consistent in these departments through two games. Run stopping. The Jaguars' run defense has been excellent, they've done a really good job at understanding when and where and how opposing offenses are going to attack them with the running game. And they've been stifling against the commanders. It was their goal. Arden Key talked about it. They wanted to hold the commanders under 60 yards rushing. They didn't quite do that, but they did do a really good job against the run against Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick and company, even Curtis Samuel. And really, When you look at the final numbers, those were skewed a little bit by a final drive for the Commanders where they were breaking tendencies by running the football a little bit. If you take out that final drive, I think the Jaguars were allowing under three yards of carry in week one. And then even more impressive was their performance against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Stifling run defense defense. Jonathan Taylor had one 21 yard run late in the game. Outside of that, I think he had eight carries for about 30 yards. The Colts only ran the ball 13 times. The Jaguars eliminated the threat of the run by not only scoring offense, scoring on scoring points on offense, but by putting the Colts in a blender by forcing them to forcing them into these third and longs, by stopping the run early. By selling out to stop Jonathan Taylor. They did not respect the Colts' receivers in Week 2. They did not respect their passing game. Uh, They can say they did. Their actions on the field with their play calling, loading up the box, loading up to stop Jonathan Taylor, said differently. So their run defense has been a strength. When you talk about what the Jaguars did this offseason, it should come as no surprise that this is a strength. You brought in Foley Kasi, who is a very, very strong man in the middle is a really good run defender. You invested in making sure you can take another step with Devon Hamilton by getting rid of Malcolm Brown, by getting rid of a lot of the other bigs on this roster. You put it all on Devon Hamilton, and he's showing out as your your big nose tackle type of guy um, in the middle there and making plays in the backfield, making plays at the line of scrimmage. You also have Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, who are both, Really good edge defenders against the run. You've also got linebackers that can run and hit and that play smart football. You brought in Foye Alouk and for $15 million per year. You brought in Devin Lloyd in the first round. If either of them goes down, you have Chad Mumma, who you got a ton of valuable experience and reps with in the preseason while Devin Lloyd was dealing with a hamstring. And then you've got corners who are willing to come up and hit. Tyson Campbell is really good in the run game. Shaquille Griffin will get the job done as well. Uh, Darius Williams has not been tested a ton against the run in the slot yet. But you know Andre Sisco and Rayshon Jenkins at safety can also come down and hit and play in the box. So really impressed with the run defense so far. Also on offense, really impressed with the play design, the play calling, and the overall scheme. It's been a thing of beauty. Uh, Hasn't been always executed perfectly on every play. Certainly it wasn't in week one. But when you look at the play design, the play calling, the timing of the play calling, the way they're setting things up for later in the game, it's been beautiful. Uh, The the Jaguars probably should have dropped 35 plus points on the commanders in week one. They left some plays on the field without question. Um, And then... uh, in week two, if they had needed to, I think they could have scored as many points as they wanted to against that Colts defense. They scored 24, but when you jump out to a huge 17 nothing halftime lead, you're just coasting as the defense continued to dominate. You're not really trying to put points up on the board. You're trying to run the clock, establish the run, and get out of there with a big victory, which is what they did 24 to nothing. I think quarterback play has been really strong. Yes, Trevor had a couple misses in week one, but when you look at his overall body of work through the first two weeks... He has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. He's coming off a performance in which he completed 83% of his passes. Had it not been for two drops, he would have been 27 of 30 on the day. A masterful performance against a talented Colts defense. Even if Shaquille Leonard's not there, there's still talent on that side of the ball for the Colts. Yeah, we know Gus Bradley's scheme, a little archaic still. That was an impressive performance from Trevor Lawrence. He looks like he's in command. He looks confident. He looks comfortable. He's seeing the field well. And so Trevor Lawrence in his second year in the league, his first year in this Doug Peterson offense, it looks like the offense is designed to accentuate what Trevor Lawrence does well and designed to not ask Trevor to do things that he does not do well. So I think offensive play design, play calling in the overall scheme, plus the quarterback play has been a major strength for the Jaguars through two weeks. Then you talk about buy-in. This is a team that from the moment Doug Peterson got in the building, he has been proving that he can be a trustworthy coach. He's been proving that he's a smart football coach. He's been proving that he has the player's best interest in mind in every decision that he makes. He knows when to push. He knows when to pull. A former quarterback himself, he's been a coach in the NFL for a long time. Uh, His track record combined with how he has acted and performed as a head coach since arriving in Jacksonville has led to complete player buy-in, not only buying into what Doug Peterson's talking about, but the entire coaching staff. They believe that this coaching staff is going to get them prepared and get them ready to win football games. Now, the Jaguars, looking at weaknesses, they haven't really shown any true weaknesses yet. There hasn't been a single area of the game in which they struggled both weeks. But there have been some inconsistencies week to week. There have been some question marks week to week. The pass rush was lights out against the Colts in week two, but they struggled in week one to get pressure against Carson Wentz and the commanders. Which pass rush is real? I think what you saw in week two was they started using a lot of stunts, a lot of movement up front, and that really freed up some of their extremely talented athletes, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, some of those other guys, to really start to feast. And I think that's what you're going to see a lot against the upcoming opponents for the Jaguars. But again, didn't really get the job done in week one. They were not horrible. But they did not get Carson Wentz on the ground enough. They rebounded big in Week 2 with five sacks. Which pass rush are we going to see? My guess is it's somewhere in the middle as the season moved forward. The offensive line, they've been a little bit up and down, right? Terrific performance in the run-blocking department in Week 1, but a little bit of a stinker in Week 2. Pass pro, it's the reverse. Ugly against the commanders when the commanders were running some games up front. Uh, but nearly perfect against Indy. So what are you going to get from this offensive line from week to week? Jawan Taylor's looked consistent over there in pass protection. Um, Brandon Sheriff is one of the best offensive weapons at guard in the league right now. His ability to get out and really create space for runners and ball carriers and also protect his quarterback I just think you need to see more consistency both in the run blocking department and in pass protection. I think the talent is there. I think the scheme is there. I think the coaching is there, but you got to get it done at a higher level in both areas of the game. Now I do think, uh, the Jaguars will now be more prepared for a defense that runs stunts and games up front as they face that against Washington and they face that in practice. Um, But uh, they just got to find a groove here with the offensive line and start playing more consistent in both areas. And I will say the Colts have one of the best run defenses in football. They sell out to stop the run in a lot of ways. And so looking at that performance and looking at the game script where the Jaguars were ahead by so much, the Colts knew they were just trying to run the ball. You know, Perhaps if that was a more competitive game, the Colts are trying to focus on coverage a little bit more. You end up having a more efficient rushing attack in that one. We'll see how it plays out. Finally, uh, coverage. Mostly good in week one, but a couple of big-time busts that lead to big scores. Shaquille Griffin got caught flat-footed against Jahan Dotson at the top of his route. Uh, Dotson cut inside. Griffin stayed put. Easy touchdown. Later on, you have Griffin playing some underneath coverage in cover two uh, against Terry McLaurin late in the game in the fourth quarter. He's playing very soft, does not get any contact on Terry, gives him a free release, playing off coverage. And then Andre Sisco's a little bit late to get over there. It's an easy touchdown for Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, and the Commanders. But then you get into week two, and this coverage unit looked like A Pro Bowl team, like an all-pro team. Rayshawn Jenkins, all over the place. Devin Lloyd, linebacker, all over the place. Cisco gets a pick. Tyson Campbell, shutting it down. Shaquille Griffin, shutting it down. Had a play where he should have picked off a pass. Um, And a lot of that does go back to what's happening up front with the pass rush. If you're creating pressure with with your defensive front, it makes it a lot easier for that secondary to make plays. So that all works together. I think you need the pass rush and the secondary working in unison, and if you have that, you can have performances like what you saw against the Colts in Week 2. It was a thing of beauty. But you've got to find that balance, find that consistency with this defense. And finally, uh, mental discipline, it it. It beat the Jaguars in week one. 13 penalties for 90 yards. They really rebounded in week two. It looks like they're moving in the right direction. They've got to maintain that level of discipline. Does it have anything to do with playing on the road versus playing at home? They were at Washington in week one. It was a really loud, chaotic environment and they struggled to stay disciplined with the pre-snap penalties, jumping off sides, false starts, illegal formations, illegal motions, all that stuff. Week, one, week two, you come back home. You play against uh, the, the Colts in front of your home crowd, and suddenly you're a much more disciplined team. Is that based on the work they did through the week to ma- make sure that they were going to be more disciplined, or was it just the fact that they were at home, weren't dealing with the loud crowd up in D.C.? We'll find out this week as they travel west to take on the Chargers. They're going to have to get it done in unfamiliar territory. Um, uh, So we'll see how that plays out. Running through this again, though, the Jaguars' strengths, undoubtedly. Run-stopping, offensive play design, play-calling, scheme, quarterback play, and overall buy-in. Weaknesses. Don't really have any. But you do have some questions, some inconsistencies, pass rush, coverage. They need to work in unison. Offensive line, you've got to make sure you're being able to uh, run block and pass protect each game. You're not going to be perfect. I know that. Everyone knows that. But you've got to be a little bit more consistent in both departments from week to week, and you need to have a game where you can do both. Sometimes you're going to have to do both at a high level. And then finally, again, mental discipline. Week one, it was ugly. Week two, it was cleaned up. What's it going to look like in week three? That will do it. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan Delugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you want to support the channel further, you can go pick up a new shirt or hat on GenJag.com. Link in the description below. You can also check and, and uh, see what the channel membership's all about. Really appreciate your support, Duval. Happy Friday. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger
0: app.